Glad you're here. Good to see you. Um, good to have you online with our online family. Welcome to the Destiny New York, Destiny Table New York. Um, and today we're going to do something a little bit um, different. In fact, something I have never done before. And I've been in the lead role for 22 years here. So these are interesting times in the body of Christ. And I believe God is doing something remarkable, something unusual, and something we really need to learn to pay attention to. And some people aren't necessarily um, focusing in on this right now. Other pastors and leaders, we're working with them, trying to, all of us, understand and comprehend. And so today I want to talk to you about um, discovering the deep and what that really looks like. Uh, as we get into this journey, again, I don't care how far you've grown in your relationship with the Lord, there is more for you to grow. Uh, I'll never forget when Sister Russell um, pulled me aside and told me how much she has grown in the last year of her life. And Sister Russell uh, has lived a good long life. And I just remember thinking, wow, somebody who's been in church, she probably prayed more hours than I have breathed in my life type of thing, you know. And she said she had grown more in the previous year than uh, ever in, her, in a year of her life. And it just encouraged me to know we're all going to be growing into the revelation of Christ throughout all eternity. How many of you know this is a reality? So the Lord's wanting to, I believe, unlock in this particular season of the church uh, some some revelation that has been purposed for the coming season that I believe has never been released in the earth. And that's kind of a big statement, isn't it? But there are purposed times and seasons for God to reveal what he desires for us to possess. And there are those that have gone before us that in Scripture, it says they dreamed of what we see and what we know, and they never achieved it or embraced it or understood it. But you and I begin to embrace and understand that. And I think that that is the season we're stepping into. I believe we're about to step into a place of great acceleration. This fall of uh, the body of Christ at large, so much has been going on. Uh, for the last, you know, two years especially, COVID impacting so much of a perspective overall worldwide. Uh, and I'm going to talk a lot about that next week and kind of unveil some of those things with a little more clarity. But let's first just be clear, a statement I made as I kind of came out of worship. There is something powerful that happens in the human heart when we get into the presence of God. Something powerful happens in the human heart when we get into the presence of God, like really encountering God, experiencing his presence. How many of you know that the Bible actually says in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy? Psalm 16. What is that? That's like Joy to the maximum. I can't have any more joy if I have fullness of joy. There's no room for anything more if I'm full. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. I believe God wants us to begin to experience his presence in such a way that there is no room for anxiety and depression and fear and all those things that try to hold us captive. Come on, let's hiss the enemy away in declaration today, in agreement, in an attitude of worship.
Something powerful happens in the human heart when we get into the presence of God. But we have to learn to go deeper into the reality of what that means to experience him to get from here to there. So what this is going to require is a sacrificial focus. And so the the statement, I think it probably already came up. I'm kind of treading all over it. But the deeper reality of God is a treasure worth pursuing And it requires sacrificial focus and discipline. You need to hear me say this because we live in a day where the church in general doesn't really focus on sacrificial focus or discipline. We're attractional. We keep you entertained. We want to invite you back. We want to grow the budgets, build bigger buildings, hire more staff. The the Western world church, this is something that we're really examining and looking at right now. How do we engage in what God wants us to be? Becoming a disciple-making movement, raising up people who know what it is to encounter the presence of God as a way of life. This is vitally important for us to understand in this particular hour of the church. So again, it's going to require sacrificial, keyword sacrificial focus, and sacrificial discipline for us to get there. I dare to say, many of you many of you will not be able to sit through this message without checking your email or looking at your social media or playing your game on your phone. What got quiet? Because we live in such a distracted society with so many options. And for you to go where God wants you to go, people are putting their phones away right now. It's kind of funny. (laughs) If you could see my view. In order for you to go where God wants you to go, please hear the cry of my heart. (laughs) I, I, I really want us to understand it is going to require sacrificial focus and sacrificial discipline. I get up in the morning and, and I go in to read my Bible and have my time of prayer and my phone's sitting there and it just lights up and lights up and lights up. Anybody this happened before, it just keeps lighting up and you glance over and then you get back to the Word and then you glance over and something lights up and then, oh, oh, that lit up and wonder what they said, wonder what they want. And then I'm off chasing a conversation that's distracting me from my relationship with the Lord, even in the way I'm praying in the morning. And so I want to introduce you to something. It's called do not disturb. It's a great function on your phone. And it keeps all of your apps from talking to you. And they don't talk to you until you're ready to have a conversation. And it keeps all of your friends from talking to you. And they don't talk to you until you're ready to have a conversation. And then you decide when you're going to focus on interacting on social media rather than living your life at the expense of everybody's demand for your attention in their life. This is really, I think, I think this might be the most spiritual thing I have to say to you today. Turn on your do not disturb on your phone and learn to live your life with sacrificial focus. Maybe even have a time where you turn it off just so you feel sneaky or something. But turn it back on. Do not disturb. I mean, it's really helped me a lot in the last month or so to just begin to do this. And I realized just how much solitude I have in my time of prayer now as a result of not just seeing my phone light up. I think we need to learn this in our lives in a lot of ways. God wants us to recognize 
the deeper reality of God. I'm praying a really dangerous prayer uh, right now, and I shared this with our, our staff this last week. I'm praying, Lord, don't let us have any ability to function outside of your presence. What that means is worship's going to go real bad if we're not really sensitive to the Lord. What that means is my message is going to go real bad if I'm not sensitive to the Lord. Father, I pray that you take away our ability to function outside of your presence so that we're constantly coming into your presence as our way of life. Father, I pray over this church family right now, and I pray that you take away our ability to function outside of your presence. And I pray that you would teach us to live our lives in a way that we're constantly valuing and treasuring the presence of God because something powerful happens in the human heart when we enter into the presence of God. In the presence of the Lord, we find fullness of joy and things that exist in our life suddenly become eradicated and addressed and dealt with and broken at the root. And we must have that in our lives and especially in the day that you and I live. So you and I are being invited into this deeper narrative that God wants us to uh, embrace. So let's understand just a few things. Uh, I, I, I love the, the storyline of the 12 tribes of Judah and the 12 sons. And, and you've, many of you have heard me talk through that progression of those 12 sons and their 12 names and how we are intertwined in the story of what the meanings of those names are. The first son born is uh, Reuben, and Reuben means um, he has seen my misery, and then Simeon, he has heard my cry, and then, uh, you know, Levi, we uh, will worship the Lord our God, or there's another one first attached. I'm really messing it all up, but it's really cool. Just trust me, it's amazing. It's the progression of salvation. The names mean this. He heard my cry. How many of you know Reuben? He heard your cry. And then, like, he, he came in response. Uh, he saw your misery. He heard your cry. I'm not even going to go into it anymore because I'm messing it up so bad. But let me just tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'll, I'll post the link and you can, you can hear it. But the progression of those names speak of our salvation experience. He saw your misery. He heard your cry. You became attached to God. And then you began to worship the Lord because he awakened something within you. I mean, that is actually the progression of those names. And I want you to understand something. The narrative actually exists in many respects. And I started thinking about this this morning, about the, the, the books of the Bible. In the book of Genesis, it's in the beginning where we discover life. How many of you know the day I came to the cross of Jesus Christ, that was the beginning of my life? And in Exodus, he drew us out of bondage. Once I came to the cross and I experienced the life of Christ, he drew me out of the world system in the book of Exodus. And then we go into Leviticus and we begin to learn about the reasoning of the rules that God gives us and out of Leviticus into Numbers. And now we understand the order of God that's the basis of the reasoning that produces the blessing of God. And in Deuteronomy, if you obey, you'll be blessed. And then Joshua, there's a place of greater promise God wants us all to go if we'll pay attention on this journey. And Judges, how many of you know our hearts are rebellious and we have to constantly come back again and again and face the, the, the convicting power of the Lord or the judgment since drawing us deeper. And then uh, Ruth, the progression of this whole thing and, and with Ruth is like God's family suddenly becomes my family. I mean, this is beautiful, this narrative that exists throughout Scripture. It's the eternal narrative of God and you and I are a part of it. And if we just look at this from the standpoint of just the book of Genesis... 
We're going to see something deeper as we walk this out. But in the beginning, Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden. And Eden is the place where he was supposed to encounter God and exchange with God and have conversation with God. And you and I, we are all born to know this place of a sense of the garden where we're in fellowship with God. And the second Adam, Jesus, is trying to redeem and restore us back to that place of Eden where we're in fellowship with God. And it's in that place that then we learn it is not good for a man to be alone. And so a joining of our hearts and a joining of our lives begins to take place, not just with God, but with God's family. And he begins to introduce us to the relationships that are vital to our lives. And I promise you, relationships with God's family is more vital to our lives than any of us really comprehend or understand. Is so important. And out of, out of that element of understanding, then relationship, we begin to recognize that there's a sense or a form, listen very carefully, a form of the ark that actually speaks of the assignment of our lives. All of us are supposed to be building some form of an ark that helps or even rescues people. This is a part of the plan. You're drawn into a place of life, conversation with God, connection with the body of Christ, finding and discovering the work for which I was created to do and design. And in the midst of all of that, I begin to recognize everywhere I walk in the world, I come to a reality that there's a ladder between heaven and earth. And you and I are actually the gates of God. Lift up your heads, oh you gates, that the king of glory may come in. And whether it's in your house or your workplace or wherever you go, this ladder exists. And Jacob, on the run, afraid of his brother, had done so stupid things we can all relate to it and he says surely the house of the lord was here and i didn't even know it surely the house of the lord is in your workplace and you didn't even know it surely the house of the lord is in your home and you didn't even know it surely the house of the lord is right here right now this is the plan of god This narrative, it just continues. I mean, I could go on and on with this because it just continues. God's inviting us into a deeper story of understanding the eternal reality of what he desires for us to possess so others can be brought into that place of greater illumination. So today I want to introduce you to a verse of scripture out of Daniel chapter 11. It's just one of my all-time favorite verses of Scripture. And it's just pretty simple. It says, the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Carry out or do great exploits. People who know their God, do you know your God? I'm glad you're at church, but that's not the same thing. Do you know this word know, it's an interesting Hebrew word. This is the same word we read in the book of Genesis, and Adam knew Eve and she conceived. This is an intimate knowing that actually produces something of legacy in all of our lives. It's a powerful word. It, people who know their God intimately will be strong. When you start knowing God and encountering God and experiencing God, there's a supernatural strength that begins to be awakened in your life. Suddenly you start realizing greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Suddenly things like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that starts to be awakened alive within your heart, within your soul, within your life, within your mind. People who know their God will be strong and they will do great exploits. Think about the progression. Know, be, do. 
No be do. A changed life begins with intimacy with God. A changed life begins in the introduction of the original design where you were designed to live in the garden experience of walking in, pr in the presence in an intimate exchange with the Lord your God. Is this a beautiful eternal narrative or what? I mean, I've been reflecting on this now for weeks and weeks and just chomping at the bit to bring a sense of understanding and, and gain a deeper understanding of it. A changed life begins with intimacy with God, and a changed life is sustained through intimacy with God. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. Anybody relate to this? I'm nothing special. Uneducated, common men. They were astonished, and they recognized they had been with Jesus. No be do. They saw the courage and the boldness and the strength because they recognized they'd been with Jesus. They had known God and they had been with the Son of God. And out of being with the Son of God on an intimate exchange, something within them came alive. And something within you is coming alive. Even in this next hour of your life, in this next season of what God is calling us to, something within you comes alive as you learn to encounter God. Because something powerful happens in the human heart when we enter into the presence of God. So what we're seeing is God's not just introducing us to intimacy with him, but intimacy with God's family. And I believe in this season of the church, and if you'll just hear the deeper revelation of what I'm saying, it's not just a little talking point. God is moving the church from function to friendship. Now, I'm going to give you a more elaborate explanation of this so that we'll start to get a clearer picture of it. But the church, as you and I know it, has been much more about function than it has been about friendship. And, and that's not good. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be friends with God, first and foremost. What, in the, even in the presence of the enemies, uh, of your enemies, he just says, hey, let's sit down at the table and have a chat. Like, that's what I do with my friend whenever I'm having a struggle in my life. You're supposed to be friends with God and, and really genuinely friends with others. Not just we're on a mission together trying to accomplish some things for the Lord uh, on the side while we're getting our real life on. Come on, we're talking about living as the church everywhere we go impacting the atmosphere so spiritually dead people start to be spiritually convicted so they can become spiritually alive people because we are spiritually alive and those who know their God will be strong and they will do great exploits because the kingdom of God will be released in the earth. There is a ladder between heaven and earth everywhere you and I go. So what I've never done before there's this progression that we've come to embrace as a church family. And the way it works for us, the, uh, in fact, we'll be having a Discover Destiny the last Sunday of this month. And as an understanding of how much we need the Lord and each other, I would invite you, if you are not engaged, if, if you are a tender of the, if you're an attender of the church and you've not found your way in to being involved as the church, then I would 
I would plead with you, especially in this next season of the body of Christ, come to Discovering Destiny. Be less than an hour, probably 30 to 40 minutes after the service on the last Sunday of this month. We'll go right out those doors and upstairs to a room in the middle of the upstairs. And we just wanted to have a conversation with you and explain to you what we believe is God's plan for us, the church, and what that looks like. There are things in you that we need. And there are things in me that you need, and we all need each other. And, and then out of that will come a six-week meeting on Wednesdays for those who want to step further into understanding more of how God designed you. Why? How many of you know you actually are born with eternity in your heart? There's a purpose for your existence. You aren't just here taking up space and breathing up air. You actually have a purpose from God. We want to help you walk that out, and we all together discover that, and that's what that's all about. So we do that a few times in the course of the year, and then the first, first Wednesday of December, one time a year, we do something called a welcome to the family, and it's our evening banquet where we thank everybody who serves in the, in the church so sacrificially. I just want to say thank you if you serve anywhere in the church in kids and greeting and worship and tech, or, you know, whatever that may be, setting up chairs. Can we just say a great big thank you to those who serve that help us experience church the way we do? I am so deeply grateful. So through the course of the year, we'll say thank you at various times, but that first Wednesday night of December is our night to say thank you very intentionally. It'll be a very special evening. What we do on that Wednesday night so we not only then welcome new family members to the church and our elders lay hands on them and commission them because we believe this is a deeply spiritual decision that you're supposed to make. Not just, the church is not just one of the organizations that serves your needs as a family, which is the way it's been treated in our society by and large. But on that evening, we then begin to press into a deeper place and we ask the Lord to help us understand what's ahead in the coming year. We call that our New Year's revelation. So December of 2021, we announced the New Year's revelation on that Wednesday night. And uh, it's everyone is created for abundant life. So this is what we're camping around in the course of the year. How many of you are hearing the essence of that revelation in the understanding that we're returning to a place of communion with God where we find out it's not good for man to be alone. We experience the call of God to discover the sense of the ark that we're actually called to build, whatever that looks like in each of our lives, whatever that looks like in all of our lives. We discover this ladder that exists between heaven and earth. We recognize there's a promise for us to go. We're actually the giant killers of our generation where there are strongholds we're supposed to tear down, giants we're supposed to kill, and a land that you and I are supposed to possess. Whatever that proverbial land is, you are born for more than where you've been. And that's the essence of all of this. But here's the thing. I felt like the Lord said we're not to wait until December to, to unveil the New Year's revelation for 2023. I want to share it with you this morning because for the first time ever, the Lord just said, I'm taking you into a place that's going to require more prayer, more focus, more fasting, more worship. You know what this is? It's sacrificial discipline and focus for us to go somewhere maybe we've never been before. Who wants to go? I want to go there. So the revelation for 2023, as simple as it may sound, is just simply deeper. And we're going to go deeper. We're going to go deeper in our understanding of the Word. We're going to go deeper in our understanding of the heart of God, the nature of Christ. 
True humility, releasing great authority. And everywhere we walk, listen to me, everywhere we walk, the enemy will be forced to tremble just as he did when Jesus went into uh, a region. That's the kind of authority God wants us to carry as the body of Christ. But it doesn't happen until we go deeper in humility. And out of this deeper revelation that we'll step into in the course of this next year, I believe uh, the Lord is going to help us have a greater understanding of not just how to go there, but how to help others get there. But I do want to caution you in something. Not everybody wants to go deeper. Not everybody is interested in going deeper. So we're asking the Holy Spirit to do something. Because if we just pause for a moment and evaluate what maybe we uh, see the modern day church that you and I live in has produced, it wouldn't be described as deeper. If you look at the blueprint of Scripture, if we just evaluate what the Bible says about the body of Christ and the nature of God and what he desires for us to release through us, then the blueprint of Scripture should reveal the structure of church as any blueprint should. But the Lord's been helping us on this journey for a year and a half or so now, maybe two years, just to try and get a clearer picture of what he has in mind. That's why the revelation of the destiny table has been central to this. It's deeply relational. It's helping us understand a little more. Some of you may be hearing that now, you know, for like the first time. You're new to the church. Some of you have been hearing it for a while, and you're still just looking at it, trying to figure it out. Let me just assure you, that's where we all are. We're saying, Lord, would you help us understand what you have in mind so that we might cooperate and participate with everything you're desiring to do and reveal. We're walking through different trends training sessions and we're helping people get focused in on those types of scenarios as, as there's greater clarity and greater understanding. We want to bring more uh, of a recognition of that as we walk this out. But here's what we have to understand. COVID affected the church of our generation in a major way. And what I'm going to say is going to be somewhat of a grimacing statement. So just brace yourself in preparation. But what we're seeing in, in nationwide is a much lower church attendance since COVID happened. I know there are a lot of reasons that we can point to for that. But one of the things we need to understand is when God brought the Israelites out of the world's system of Egypt, the world's system existed within them, and he kept testing them in the wilderness to help them see just how much of the world's system actually existed within their own life. You understand that? And we have come out of the world system. Aren't you glad God brought you out? Can I get an amen? I'm so thankful he brought us out. But the problem is we're inundated with the world system in the way we think. And the church has largely been built on consumer strategies that we've learned from the world system. And COVID was one of those moments of testing the church in the wilderness and what wound up happening is that those who didn't truly value the gathering of the church in the first place in many respects were sifted out of coming together as the body of Christ. And still to this day, there's an incredible lower percentage of people that attend church post-COVID than prior to. I'm not casting stones. I am pleading with God. 
Father, would you awaken within us what really matters so we can devote ourselves sacrificially to focus and discipline to go from here to there and really step into all God desires for us to walk in. Pruning always results in growth, doesn't it? And I just think that's where we are. We're about to come into this season where the Lord is going to begin to help us understand truly what it means for us to be the church We've understood what it means to go to church, but he's going to help us understand what it means to be the church as we grow deeper in our revelation of Christ and the reality of God that he wants us to possess. Come on, let's all draw that in. Lord, help us. So I believe this is an amazing season of grace and unity that God is awakening in the hearts of those who are willing to take the journey. But it's costly. It's not cheap. How many know the kingdom of God isn't cheap? At the center of the kingdom of God is a Savior who died on a cross. You need to understand it's not cheap. It's, it's costly. It's sacrificial for us to recognize it and understand it. So we want to step into what that really looks like. But let's, let's just expose something just with some clarity in, in the way we're going to bring a focus here to conclude. I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come up. For a season of time, I want to make room. I, I want to try to preach less, and I want to try to pray more. And the reason uh, I want to do that is I just feel like the Lord has said, give room for us to go deeper. So in the conclusion of messages, I'm going to give you a commission. I mean, you know I've been doing that for a long time. We as a teaching team, every, every time we bring a message, we bring a conclusion. By the way, Pastor Chris uh, spoke last week, and I just want to expose him. He made a statement that I kicked him out of the youth group. And that is true. <laughs> I was listening to his message and he got to that part. I went, oh, he went there. <laughs> How many of you know we all have issues, but Pastor Chris does especially. <laughs> I mean, we just need to understand we're all on a journey trying to walk this out. And by the way, my mama was not happy about that uh, whole situation. We had a family meeting. <laughs> I've had so many people send me messages this week saying they really were impacted by what you shared. So thank you very much for your heart and what you carry to this house. I'm glad you're walking it out <laughs> in your relationship with the Lord. In this season, I want us um, just to take some time. You know, we, we commission you out with an action. And I'm going to give you an action point today. But, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying, um, my ask, what, what I would commission you to is, you know, at best, barely sacrificial. And so I'm going to give you my, you know, we bring God's presence to real life. That, that's the vision and heart of our house. That, that's what God's called us to do. We want to experience God and express Him. We bring God's presence to real life. 
So your God's presence to real life action point this week. It's, it's pretty simple. I just want to ask you, make it a point to discover something deeper by purposing a deeper pursuit of God this week. Whatever that may look like for you. But here's what I know. As we make a little bit of room here for you to hear what the Lord has to say to you, he's probably going to ask you for something much more than what I would have the courage to say from the platform perhaps. And some of you, like, he may ask you for fasting this week or, I mean, I don't know what he would say, but, but we've been talking a lot about you will all be taught by God. All your children will be taught by God. These, these are Bible verses. That's Isaiah 54, First John 2. You don't need a man to teach you because the anointing will teach you. If the anointing's not here, nothing I say has any value to any of us other than maybe just a positive workshop style interaction. And by the way, the Western World Church in many ways has created a sermon structure that's kind of like TED Talks with a sense of humor just to attract people in so they listen to the talk. There needs to be impartation from the heart of God into our lives to break the bondages that we can find ourselves in so easily. I want that. I want you to have that. I want us to walk in that. That's, that's not something for preachers. That's something for Christians. But you have to know your God intimately. Then you'll be strong and then you'll do great exploits. Here's the thing. What is, what is the Western world church that we know producing? And, and here's a tremor of, of it. That it kind of helps us get our, our minds around it. I hear people say, had an incredible experience with God at a worship night. I had an incredible experience with God at a church service. I had an incredible experience with God with the sermon that I heard. That you hear that type of language often in the Western World Church. What you don't hear is, I got in the presence of God and simply couldn't leave. And we've become so institutional in our mindset that we don't even know what it is individual to pursue the Lord in an intimate way. And the Lord wants to take us into this deeper place with Him. A deeper exchange where we learn to encounter God as our way of life. If you are only having a sense of the presence of God when somebody is providing you with a religious environment you are a consumer if the only time you're having any experience of a sense of the presence of God when somebody's providing you with a religious environment you are a consumer and the, the Lord is doing a work in the church right now where he's taking a room full of consumers who enjoy listening to a minister and turning them into a room full of ministers who enjoy listening to God. Everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. So I want to read some verses. These are on the blog, and I would encourage you this week to go and rehearse them. And out of reading these verses, I just we're going to take some time just to listen just to prayerfully be before the Lord. Before we start to worship, we're just going to listen. I want to give you some time. I'm, I'm not going to make this a really long time. 
at first because we're going to have to learn this. How many of you know these spiritual disciplines take practice? Like you don't have a lot of stamina in prayer if you've never prayed before. If you've not really spent time in prayer and you hear like the Lord saying, could you not tarry one hour? You're thinking, an hour? How could you pray for an hour? But if you ever really get engaged in a place of intercession, an hour goes by so fast. So I want us just to, to press into this. Let me just declare these verses as you just reflect on what I'm saying. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the Amplified. Let this be your prayers, I'm saying his word. For my determined purpose. Just put your hand on your heart. Would you just think about your determined purpose, determined by God, your purpose from God. For my determined purpose is that I may know him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Lord, our purpose is that we might know God. We know that if we know our God, we will be strong and we will do great exploits. But all begins with this intimate knowing of God. Psalms 119, verse 20. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. God, what is that? Help us to understand what that even looks like in each of our lives. That our souls would be consumed. Consumed with longing for your laws at all times longing for the mind of God, the thoughts of God, the mind of Christ at all times. Psalms 119 verse 148, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Lord, may we learn to love your truth more than we love our own sleep. Through the course of the night, we're waking up because we are so hungry for you, we can't just quickly go back to sleep. We just begin to rehearse the power of your word that awakens something deep within us. Understanding in that moment we're experiencing the presence of God and when the human heart is in the presence of God, something powerful begins to transact. Psalms 143.6, I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Lord, I pray within us would be such an appetite that it would be like walking through a desert, longing for a drink. And a moment of interaction with you, Lord, would be like thirsting for that drink in that moment of destitution. Second Thessalonians 3, 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Lord, would you take our hearts are hearts that can so easily be distracted and divided. Take us into a deeper place of understanding your love and the perseverance of Christ, that sacrificial nature of being devoted to the things of God. Habakkuk 2.4, the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing is fully alive really alive Father would you help us understand what it is to truly truly be alive in Jesus mighty name 
just in the quietness of this moment, seated right where you are. Nobody, we're, we're not standing to worship or anything. Just stay right where you are. Would you just open your heart? Maybe just close your eyes and shut out the world around you to focus in on his kingdom. And just listen, what is his commission? What are you supposed to do with what God has spoken to you today? We want to be doers and not just hearers. What is he asking you to do as a result of what you've heard today? Let's pause for just a few moments and listen together. Those who know their God, they will be strong and they will do great exploits. I pray, Father, you would help us as a church family to grow in a deeper knowledge of God, knowing you more intimately, a greater strength that comes from heaven into our hearts, phenomenal ability awakened within us to accomplish the purposes of God doing great exploits everywhere we go. Help us to walk out this journey together well as we grow in the deeper reality of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's stand together. We're going to take a few moments and just press in and worship now. I wonder if at some point don't break into thunderous applause over this, but I wonder if at some point we'll come in for maybe a five-minute sermon and a 30- or 40-minute time of listening. 
I mean, that, that wouldn't sell very well in today's Western world, religious commodity church market, would it? I, I just want to know what really matters to the Lord, <laughs> what really matters to Him. And we're on this journey trying to figure it out, and we don't have it all figured out, but we're going to press in and grow deeper together. How about it? Let's do it. Let's go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. We're just going to worship for a few moments. I'm going to ask if the, uh, the prayer team would make their way to the back. The prayer team is available for you. If the Lord is dealing with you about a decision in your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with the church, that I would encourage you, let us pray with you about whatever that may be. We will uh, have that conversation the last Sunday of August of Discover Destiny to help you find your way into being more involved. If you've been in church before and you just not really found your way in to find to know what that's to look like for you personally, then maybe you've gone through it years ago. Come back and go through that so that we can walk you through the process and help you understand with greater clarity. We've learned a little bit uh, over the course of time. We want to help you find your way in that as best we know how. But come on, let's just enter in and we worship the Lord as we're worshiping then feel free our prayer team is available at the back there's communion in the center here there are giving stations at the back any expression of worship you want to bring get on your knees before the Lord however you'd like to express a heart available to him let's go deeper in our relationship with Christ Father I pray that you would take away all ability to function outside of your presence so that we would constantly come back over and over again, recognizing our desperate need to be in ongoing interaction with you. I believe the greatest pain Jesus ever faced was on the cross in that moment where there's this sense of separation between him and the Father, and he says, why have you forsaken me? I think that was the greatest pain of the cross. He never knew that before that. And I pray, Lord, we would grow in the knowledge of what it means to walk in total and full awareness of what you're desiring as our way of life. In Jesus' name, let's worship.